How does the game of quarterback musical chairs affect the never-too-early ADP? Is Kyler Murray slipping too far down FFPC draft boards? And what do you do with Michael Thomas in your leagues right now? Plus, the 2021 FFPC Best Ball Tournament $100,000 grand prize winner, Connor O'Driscoll, joins us to talk about how he built his six-figure squad, what he thinks about Cam Akers' current ADP, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to uh, give you greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics, all the Farrelliacs, and uh, welcome you in to the latest episode of the high-stakes fantasy football hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner, the one, the only, the Farrell Elliott. Uh, Farrell, I, I, I didn't, we were, we did a little, you know, um, pre-production meeting, I guess is what you'd call it before we, uh, tipped off or kicked off tonight. And my voice was just, it was terrible today. I don't know what it was, if I was coming down with something or whatever, but I feel like over the course of the last two hours, it's made a comeback and I feel invigorated and ready to attack all the news we had going on this week in fantasy football. You sound great, Balky, and with a couple of Irishmen on the show tonight, perhaps you've been uh, uh, treating the medicinal uh, aspects of your throat with some very, very needed Irish whiskey. So that or bourbon ought to serve well, the ticket well, to get you right back where you need to be. We're less than a week away from St. Patrick's Day. You know, yes, so sir. I've been loading up on my grilled tomatoes, my my <laughs> my blood pudding, you know, everything, you know, Guinness and, and Jameson and what have you. Um, so now this is two consecutive weeks on the show. I was outnumbered by Louisville guys last week. Yes, sir. I'm out. I'm outnumbered by Irish guys tonight. Yes, you um, which is which is really bizarre. Um, in any event, uh, we are here live tonight talking with you for the high or talking with you on the high stakes fantasy football hour. Um, tonight we're going to talk about um, the skill position players and what you need to do with them in uh, FFPC leagues with the Denver Broncos and Seattle Seahawks. We're going to discuss that plus Connor O'Driscoll the $100,000 winner in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament uh, is going to join us here in about 10 minutes or so to talk about how he built his six-figure squad. And honestly, you could probably take some of the um, tips that he's going to give us tonight on the show to what you could be doing in the never-too-early FFPC Best Ball Tournament. Um, what he thinks about the Cam Akers ADP currently right now, we're going to get into that as well and much more. Um, want to remind you that the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, $25,000 grand prize. You can get in on that at myffpc.com as well as cashing in on getting some great deals on some Dynasty Orphans at the FFPC right now. A um, million dollars is at stake in the 2022 FFPC main event. Make sure you're getting in on that. And then, of course, getting in and cashing in on that $35 uh, free credit with the Football Guys Players Championship Early Bird also going on right now. If you want to get into the 12-team closed leagues, we have plenty of um, uh, slow drafts, live drafts, uh, sit and goes, whatever you want at myffpc.com. And, of course, the Run to Daylight Championship at the KFFSC. And, of course, the Draft Masters available at kffsc.com. Filling up as we speak. Uh, very exciting times for the FFPC, Farrell, as well as the KFFSC. Balky, yes, and I'm having some exciting times. It just says you speak about the Dynasty Orphans. Uh, I picked one up in the $500 variety this week, and I like the team. I like the draft picks, and uh, it was a nice bargain. I would encourage everyone to take a look at that, especially if you haven't played Dynasty 
Uh, you don't necessarily have to start one from scratch. You can start one uh, or you can pick one up and 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 rebuild with the players we have in this 2022 uh, NFL draft. Rebuilding is a wonderful opportunity this year. And then I am now in my fifth. Uh, wait, it's the never too early. That This is my fifth and perhaps my final team in this contest. And I look forward to asking our guest tonight uh, some ins and outs. I think I will concentrate on strategy. Um, to see just uh, some of the things I might be missing and hopefully some of the things I might have done right along the way. That's And Connor's going to tell us, and and there's no better um, authority on the subject than yeah. Connor O'Driscoll, who will be coming up in a few minutes here. Huge day or huge week of news, I should say, in the NFL this past week. We're going to kick things off with the blockbuster of all blockbusters, one of the biggest trades in NFL history right now. The Denver Broncos uh, ended up getting Russell Wilson in a fourth-round pick in exchange uh, from the Seattle Seahawks in exchange for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, a defensive tackle, two first-rounders and two second-rounders, as well as a fifth-round pick. Now, this happened, I don't know, less than an hour, maybe less than two hours after the announcement became public that Aaron Rodgers was going to sign a new deal with the Green Bay Packers. Um, and maybe Denver got their, their second choice. I don't know. Maybe it was their first choice all along. Tough for me to, to, to come to that um, submission here on this whole thing. But think about Russell Wilson. Let, let's get into us uh, for fantasy football. Um, he gets a win now roster in Denver. Had a, he's a proven player coming off a bad year, which I always love, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, anything sure. in fantasy. You give me a, a proven player coming off a bad year. Um, his value is always depressed. I always want to grab him. So Russell Wilson fits that bill uh, this year. Now he won't get Noah Fant who moves to Seattle, but he will get Cortland Sutton. He will get Jerry Judy. He will get Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler coming off the injury as well. Um, there has been, there have been several pundits, Farrell, that have said Russell Wilson's fantasy value. I don't know how much it changes here, but all those other guys I just mentioned, they go way up. I'm of the opinion that Russell Wilson's fantasy value should go up now, too. You know, this is a trade that raises all boats in Denver, and especially the quarterback. And he's interest, um, he is interested in proving that he is the franchise quarterback that his career earlier would suggest that it is. He's been hampered um, by the fact that he's worked with a coach that wants to run the ball, except when they're on the one yard line in the Super Bowl with Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. But we'll go, we, we won't talk about that tonight. I, even when, even when you were at your third and fourth running back, uh, in Seattle, the rushing game was still the primary way that the Seahawks wanted to move the ball. Now he joins a conference or a division, uh, within the AFC, which is, just you're going to have score points and put the ball in the air. So you take a look at all those receivers. Everyone is pushing Sutton up and Judy up, and they should. Those are elite receivers in the league. I'll bring the attention to Tim Patrick. Uh, Tim Patrick is an undrafted player out of Utah that has been successful. He's six foot four. I love a big receiver, and he caught 55 balls last year. And within this uh, system, I don't see why he can't do that or more in this coming year. Hamler is the guy that's different from all of them. Hamler at 5'9", 175 pounds, um, uh, blew out his ACL in, uh, I think it was week three this season. So he's probably a forgotten aspect uh, in the never too early uh, slim drafts. And and I have not seen his name 
uh, on the boards, and I, I haven't seen Patrick much, and I think drafters are sleeping uh, on these uh, on these two players. Perhaps at the running back position now, um, the second year running back Williams a little bit a, a little bit high maybe uh, for a team that is going to move the ball with a controlled passing game through the air and a quarterback that can beat you with his feet. But all in all, things are going to be very interesting in Denver. We're going to have some wonderful matchups uh, with the Raiders, with the Chiefs, and especially with the Chargers. I, it's, it's a, just, I can't wait to watch these uh, interdivisional games. Non-fantasy football question, Farrell. Is this the greatest quarterback division in NFL history? Uh, that I can tell, and, and you know, you'd have to dig back, but there was a time – Bucky when in the NFL had much fewer franchises right. who had the, the great quarterbacks. But yes, and since we've been involved in fantasy football, it hasn't even it hasn't approached this. Right. Um, we uh we always shout out Darren Armani who runs fantasymojo.com mm -hmm. uh at fantasy mojo on Twitter. Now there he has the breakdown of the last 10 days in the never too early best ball tournament with the ADP. Um, I'm going to cite the earliest that these players have gone, given that this trade happened less than 10 days ago. Jerry Judy, wide receiver, um, 31 on average, but he has gone as high as the 5'10", so the end of uh, end of the fifth round, which to me still suggests yeah. uh, a pretty good value there. Cortland Sutton, middle of the seventh, the 706. K.J. Hamler in the 17th round. Um, and, and I'm going to... Uh, cite the Dizzle saying this in the chat room right now, and I'll get to Tim Patrick shortly. But the Dizzle centering on the tight end, the new starting tight end there, Albert Okuwepanaum, which is tight end 20. He's been going as early as the 10.06. Remember, one and a half point per catch for tight ends in the FFPC. And then, of course, the uh, the receiver Tim Patrick uh, that Farrell alluded to, Wide receiver, 84. He's been going. He's been creeping up to the early 16th round, late 15th. So he's on that 15th, 16th fringe right there. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, wide, uh, quarterback 10. When we talk about this uh, ADP next week, that may have changed. But that's where he's going right now. That was not, um, that was not the only big-time quarterback uh, trade that went down this past week. There was another one between the Indianapolis Colts the Washington Commanders. The Commanders get Carson Wentz and a second rounder from the Colts in exchange for a second rounder and two thirds. Now, the second round pick swap is basically moving the Colts up six spots in this year's draft. The later of the two third round picks is going to be in next year's NFL draft. Now, this, not this one. Now, just to break this down a little bit further, that pick could become a second rounder if Carson Wentz plays at least 75% of the team's offensive snaps, or if he gets 70% of those snaps and the team gets to the playoffs. If that sounds familiar, it should, because those are the exact same conditions that the Eagles and Colts agreed to when the Eagles shipped Carson Wentz to Indianapolis. He looked good last year, Wentz did, um, but uh, obviously faltered towards the end of the season. We all remember the massive breakdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Washington is taking on the full $28 million of Carson Wentz's contract this year. Um, he, it was a big thing when he got traded to the Colts because he was reuniting with Frank Reich, where he had a lot of that success when Frank Reich was, was with Philly. And then obviously Reich becomes his head coach in, in Indy. Um, that never really um, formulated. And there's been plenty of people that said, we saw a lot of vintage Carson Wentz where the, the turnovers were, were fewer 
than what we saw in Philly. But part of the reason was because he was handing it to Jonathan Taylor the whole time, not necessarily hand uh, passing it to him, which was, which was frustrating at times. All this aside, this is not a Carson Wentz show, but Farrell, knowing that Carson Wentz is going to be in our nation's capital, how does this affect Terry McLaurin? How does this affect Antonio Gibson? How does this affect the recovering Logan Thomas in drafts right now? Uh, Logan Thomas coming off the ACL. And then, you know, you think about Deami Brown and Cam Sims and these other guys right now. What are you doing with these guys now knowing that it's not Taylor Heineke? It's going to be Carson Wentz throwing them the rock. Uh, it's it's not Taylor Heineke. It's not Fitzy. Uh, Washington has tried to be successful with quarterbacks that are nowhere near uh, the skill set of Carson Wentz. And I, I fell for the nostalgic aspect of bringing this coach and this quarterback back together. And it did not work. And it, it didn't work perhaps in the locker room. Um, there seems to be some fallout still the, the COVID, which will not leave us alone. This, this player wouldn't show the leadership uh, that perhaps the team and the league wanted him to regarding uh, uh, vaccines. There's been perhaps a little fallout from that. We, we possibly see the same thing uh, going on uh, in Dallas with the receiver Cooper there. So back to focusing on fantasy, the thing that Carson Wentz has going for him here is Scott Turner, second-generation offensive coordinator who knows how to put together a game plan with a head coach that will let him do it. And I think that's what's going to happen um, with this with this quarterback who gets, from a fantasy football perspective, a better mix of talent to work with uh, than what he had in Indianapolis. As a running back-centric game, uh, one receiver, one talented receiver in Michael Pittman. And then, of course, he lost T.Y. Hilton um, at the injury last year. He gets a much, much different situation. We look at a backfield where we had a, a third down catching back. Uh, J.D. McKissick catch 82 balls uh, the previous year. Uh, there, there's a. You mentioned the tight end, and if Logan Thomas can stay on the field, It'll be a boost to uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was, we got to remember, in 2016, he was the number two quarterback uh, taken in the draft. Number one was Jared Goff. If you go through all the other quarterbacks that were taken then, they've become asterisks and and history uh, stories of players who are no longer in the league. You have to get to the fourth round uh, before you run into Dak Prescott again. So quarterback is a hit or miss situation. Giving up on Carson Wentz with every team that wanted a quarterback would have done business with him in 2016. I think that the commanders are smart to do business with him here. And I think it's an upgrade for everyone, especially Terry McLaurin. And I always think, too, like, you know, you talk about what Washington gave up to Indianapolis. Well, Mm -hmm. They could have played chicken, right? You know, with with Garoppolo or some of these other quarterbacks mm-hmm. that might become free agents or or in the draft, and maybe done a little bit better as far as the cost benefit, you know, because of what they have to pay Wentz and what they had to give up for him. But now they have Carson Wentz, and they don't have to worry about all that other stuff. And they can worry about allocating their draft resources for other positions. They can worry about allocating their free agent money to other positions. They don't necessarily need about worry uh, need to worry about quarterback anymore, rightly or wrongly. That's what we're looking at right now. We're also looking at Connor O'Driscoll, the 2021 FFPC Best Ball Tournament Champion coming up in just one minute here. The last thing I want to get to 
as a Packers fan, um, the uh, Packers have indeed agreed to a contract with the terms unreported, as far as I can tell right now, with Aaron Rodgers uh, on a what's been reported is a four-year contract extension. Could be worth $200 million, $153 million guaranteed. That's Aaron Rodgers. We heard Ian Rappaport put this out there. Aaron Rodgers walked back on that, said, no, those, those numbers are inaccurate. It's not the point. The point is Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay for the next several years. Um, Farrell, is there any chance that the Packers do not find a way to get Devontae Adams catching balls from Aaron Rodgers at a minimum for the 2022 season? Oh no, that that deal is is done. That will happen. That will work. There there won't be a problem with that. Where I foresee a problem, and if I were working with uh, Devontae Adams, I would push for this. Where I foresee a problem is you have to get him some help. You have to get a receiver that can catch the ball and run with it and make up yards. A guy that can play in the slot. A guy that can take advantage of all these safeties that roll to Adam's side and free up the middle. I can suggest some guys that, that won't cost them much money. I could call other agents and try to say, hey, get on the phone with Green Bay and let's get this done. Let's, let's, let's try to go, you know, let's take your veteran player and win a Super Bowl. Cooper may be available. Jamison Crowder would be a great, great match. So let me interrupt you right there, Farrell. These are the guys you're mentioning. They're all upgrades on Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right? Yeah. So you're of the belief that Adam's agent is saying, hey, listen, I got a Hall of, I'm, I got a Hall of Fame client right here, mm -hmm. but in order for him to be the best player he can be, you're going to have to upgrade the other side of the field. Is that and what, what that mean? And what that means for fantasy players is that if you see other receivers come into this mix, you can perhaps see that Adams will do a little bit more, especially around the goal line, with a little bit less. You know, it, it, with the amount of uh, traffic that he gets in the offense, he plays banged up, he plays hurt, even if it's not announced by the end of the year with all the balls coming his way. Uh, it, it, his body has to be somewhat compromised. So I, I want to keep uh, – that's what I would be doing if, if I were representing this player um, – is to try to help this team build more receiver help. Uh, and, and there was not a receiver, Balky, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's not a 500-yard receiver on this Packer team. And, you know, with, uh, drafters in fantasy always in those double-digit, mid-double-digit rounds are taking a run at uh, at Valdez-Scanling, at, at uh, Lazard, at someone – that can pick up some yardage of it. If you say, Hey, that's a 500 yard guy. Uh, you know, people are, people are playing in the fact that something at green Bay could cut loose for a player. We need it. We just need a, a number two, a solid number two receiver. It needs to look like what happens in Buffalo where so much uh, goes to digs and the defensive um, uh, coverages that uh, Davis and, uh, Sanders and to a lesser degree Beasley are consistently open and you know it doesn't ruin digs from having superior seasons from fantasy ball so that's what I would like to see the Packers do uh I you're making a lot of great points I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my prediction here because I think this could become dated by the time we do this show next week I think Marquez Valdez Scantling is gone I think he signs with somebody else I think Lazard is back I think the Packers cut Cobb because they are not going to get a long-term right. deal done with Adams in the next five days, um, and they're going to have to shed some contracts. But I think he comes back on, on a smaller contract. 
Um, and I think obviously Amari Rogers is back. It's gonna, you know, I'll tell you, and I don't, I don't want to rip on anybody here, but I'm going to kind of do it a little bit. There was a lot of talk um, when this whole Rogers Adams thing was, Oh, the Packers don't have enough money for Rogers and Adams. Um, there's no way they're going to come to a deal. You, you got to have one or the other. You can't, there, there's no, there's green Bay doesn't have enough money. And I was thinking, you know, I see these other things on Twitter and I see the ways that this mathematically can happen. Oh, and, yeah. and I'm like, you know, maybe this does, it is going to happen. And then what happens? Rogers gets the, the contract. Um, Adams gets tagged and, and you have to have, obviously you have the money under the cap mm-hmm. in order to tag somebody. And now those same people are like, I don't know where this money is coming from. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, you know, it's possible that there are people in front offices working for a, one of these 32 teams that might have a better handle on the cap situation than you and I or other keyboard warriors might have. Just a thought. Just a cap it. management. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Management goes to work every day. Yes. That's a great point. Russ Ball in Green Bay, one of the best. Speaking of one of the best, let's bring him on right now. He's an up-and-coming writer for rotoviz.com. He started by writing the Bilo report um, for Rotoviz in 2021, and he won the 2021 FFPC Best Ball Tournament and the $100,000 that went with it. You follow him on Twitter, at DricoOut. Please welcome in yet another FFPC six-figure winner uh, onto the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the one, the only, Connor O'Driscoll. Connor, welcome, and congratulations, man. Thanks for doing the show. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much, and thank you very much for that very uh, warm open. I really yeah, well, appreciate it. It's accurate, right? I, I said nothing <laughs> you didn't but tell a lie. That's true. <laughs> so has it sunk in yet that you that you won all this money? Well, uh, let, let's 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 <laughs> let's take a step back here. Um, when you're because this was an exciting the way that the tournament is structured, you make yeah. it to the final 12, right? And and then you got to kind of sweat out this one week where everybody's got a level playing field. Sort of take us what what that final week was like for you in, in watching this, knowing with all that uh, money was on the line. Um, so in the week, honestly, the week before was when I, I started sweating and I was like, okay, well, I'm in the final, what is it, 48? And all I have to do is uh all, all I have to do is get out of this group and and I'm in the final twelve. I'm telling my parents about it. Uh I'm telling my wife about it. And like it at that point, even at that point, it didn't it like it didn't feel real that I had even that chance of playing for that kind of money. Um and so um I suppose on the final week on that Sunday I'd I'd, uh, I'd set everything up on the couch. Uh, I actually I normally just watch Red Zone on my phone, um, but uh, this time no, get out get out of the TV room. I'm uh, I'm I'm watching the uh, watching <laughs> watching the football today, and um, how does it feel? So like honestly, one of the, one of the the biggest kind of moments. Uh, so one of the biggest things that did it for me was Jamar Chase, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you recall, uh, when they were playing the Chiefs for the first time, uh, sorry, when they were playing the Chiefs, that yeah, when they were playing the the, the Chiefs for the first time, um, 
one of the kind of big talking points was, hey, the Bengals, they don't have an offensive line. Mm. Uh, the Chiefs, they have this great defensive line. And so Burrow's just going to just gonna keep getting hit and sacked all day. So prob- probably not that great uh, of, 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 a, of a chance. Um, and then I remember he caught this, I think it was like a 10-yard in route at uh, Jamar Chase. And he just kept going. And... I yeah uh, I like I shouted at the TV yeah <laughs> and like my dog who was be- beside me he, he was terrified he ran all the way upstairs and he was like what's wrong oh god you're you're well, a laid well, back just a laid back kind of guy Bob yeah what's the dog's name uh the dog's name his name is Seamus. So, you know, I'd like to to just get a little background on you just so we could understand a little bit who you are and your relationship with football, because I understand you played a little football in your time. And and where did you grow up? And and tell us a little bit uh, how you how you became across uh, the FFPC. But I can tell that you're deep in with your love for football and obviously you're having some success for fantasy football so can you can you just uh, tell us a little so, bit uh, uh, at the age of 18 um i'd never i would never seen a game before uh, didn't understand it um and i played so- i played football soccer when i was younger in ireland and uh, that which which is obviously where i'm from um and at that point i was like oh i i, I need a new sport uh, I, I'll, I'll just give this a try and um so the first game I was involved in, um, we're just getting absolutely blown out. And so they say, Oh yeah, put put him uh, put him back a kick return. <laughs> a forest gump moment is forthcoming. Uh, no, the opposite. Uh, <laughs> and so they they uh, they they kick the ball out and uh, the ball bounces in the end zone. And at this point, at this point in time, I didn't know what a touchback was. Oh no! So I'm about to pick it up and run it back out. And uh, the other, uh, the, our team at the, uh, had two returners is shouting at me, "No, leave it, leave it!" And uh, I'm actually I'm hard of hearing as well. So at first I didn't hear him. So I'm <laughs> he shouting at me to leave it. I'm about to pick it up, and I finally hear him, and uh, and just touch it down. <laughs> and I come back on. Oh yeah, we should have told you what touchback is. You should. Well, you weren't prepared for that kind of strategy, but obviously you worked on a pretty good strategy to come up uh, in the contest last year. Uh, hundred hundred thousand uh, dollar best ball tournament. When you started that that competition, you know, what was your plan, or did you just right. go in and start drafting and let your plan come to you? Um, I mean, it's a little bit of both. So, um, obviously, uh, every draft is unique. Uh, you don't want to kind of, uh, you don't really want to be coming in with this kind of stale, hey, I'm going to do the same thing every draft. I'm going to draft 100 best ball teams and 20 of them. It's just going to be variations of, uh, I don't know, like six different teams. Or, or at least that, that that's not how I like to play. Um, and, um. But I did. I do have. I do have. I did have kind of like general strategic ideas, and one of them was. Um, so in the in this tournament, there's about four thousand five hundred other 
players and it's it's constantly uh so the best the idea of a best ball tournament is new so nobody has all the answers but constantly trying to ask and answer the question how uh, can i position this team to have enough upside to beat 4500 teams within within the structure given um and so one of one of the, that those things is trying to i guess uh trying to pick the team in such a way that if i'm right at certain positions uh that um i'm really i'm 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 really maximizing my chance of being that top top team uh, and obviously um like i drafted a bunch of teams last year so it it only it only really happened with this team and um, but some some of the ideas that i guess paid off well um where trying to pick quarterbacks for example jalen hurts and joe burrow there were guys where um and they were falling in adp because people were worried that about the risk right they were worried hey jalen hurts might not have a job past game six and uh, joe burrow his knee looks terrible in training camp uh he, he he could just turtle this year and so i was i was more thinking along the lines of hey you know what a lot of the time the actual uh knowledge we have about how the games are going to go uh, at this point even in august is still very low uh we're we're we're, we're trying to make educated guesses and i'm going to make the bet that those concerns are ultimately wrong, because I think that the that the uh, the upside of these players at this particular price is is really really good, because um, you see, uh, for example, J- Jalen Hurts, um, you know he's going to run the ball a, a decent number of times per game, and you and you know that when you can get those players cheaply, and you know and and if they're going to play. They are going to do very, very well uh, versus uh, at a cheap cost. Uh, there's like a decent history of that. Um, Joe Burrow, um, obviously, he's just an ex- extremely, supremely talented uh, passer. And so, you know what? I don't, I, I kind of care about the ACL, but it, for this, for this purpose, I'm trying to be four thousand five hundred people. If I'm wrong, you know. I, I don't I, I won't be four thousand five hundred other people, but if I'm not even going to try to attempt that, then I'm just I'm I'm narrowing my odds too much. And- Connor, that that is a great point, and it's something I want to touch on um, later on when we, we I think we have an sure. email about this related to a different position, but I definitely want to ask you about that um, question from the chat right now, and I'm going to um, um, rope this into a question of my own. Sure. Number one, the Dizzle. Uh, he wants to know how did you come across Rotoviz? How did you get hooked up with writing for them last year? And what are you doing besides Rotoviz in your everyday work life when you're not crushing a hundred thousand dollars at the FFPC? <laughs> um, so how did I find Rotoviz? Um, so I uh, I actually found Rotoviz because of, because uh, I followed the uh, fantasy douche. Uh, I, I, I don't know what year it was. Uh, he founded a website. I really enjoyed following him. I really enjoyed his thoughts. Uh, I'd actually read his uh, his ebook, 
uh, I forget the name of it now. Uh, and so uh, for me, it was a very kind of easy decision. Okay, well, if if uh, if, if 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 he's involved in this, I I, I want to uh, I want to read. I want to subscribe to this site. Um, how and how did I start writing? Um, so um, I I want to say last year was the first year I I really really properly um took fantasy football seriously uh, and by seriously i mean uh actually really grinding it um like before uh like the year before i would start i i was really i thought i was taking it seriously but i was a casual um i'd start looking at stuff in august uh and then kind of roll up in the drafts thinking thinking that i knew what i was doing whereas last year um, starting in about April, May, um, I started taking it really seriously as a hobby. Um, I started doing a lot of my own research. I started asking myself questions about stuff. I'd get in debates and I'm say, okay, well, like, I want to actually research what, what's, what's the answer, what, what, uh, what's the data, what's the information available here? And, um, I ended up, um, I, en I ended up, I guess, in really enjoying that process and i was like okay well if i'm gonna do that anyway just for my own uh just for my own enjoyment and i was doing it on the road of his um uh data and tools um why why not uh why not try and um uh i guess uh publish it as well um and then what do i do for work uh, so I uh, I'm basically um, an analyst for a uh, financial advisory company. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to dox myself too hard. No, uh, don't. We've had financial analysts on this program before. They never do. Uh, so don't <laughs> feel like you're out of the ordinary. This is totally normal. We will uh, leave it's just it. Just such that. a licensed and uh, regulated yes. profession. Yep. Absolutely. Be very careful. We get it. Say no more. Say <laughs> no more. We get it. Donkey, you want to follow up talking about a certain Baltimore Raven tight end? Well, here's the thing. Mark Andrews. Here's the thing. You already talked about Jamar Chase, um, the big week he had uh, with everything on the line. Right. You grab him in the fifth round of this of the of this best ball tournament. Um, Debo Samuel also. You grab him in the seventh. He was obviously massive. Um, right. Some would say revolutionizing the running back position. Uh, Mark Andrews, you also got in the fourth round, which is what Fair alluded to. When you look back on that, Connor, those three players specifically that had such an impact on this basketball right. tourney championship, how close were you to not having any or all of those players on your roster when you replay this draft in your mind? Uh, you want me to take them one by one? And what well, I mean, who is the was? who is who is the closest to not being on this roster of those three? Um, I mean, it's almost it's almost like asking who uh, who's my least favorite child. <laughs> uh, like I do love them all, um. But of those three, um, I'd say um, uh, Debo Samuel's is probably the the one where uh, you you, you throw some chaos theory in and 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 maybe I I don't draft them. Um, it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit crazy why I why I wouldn't because the logic. The logic for taking Debo Samuels and uh, is was so strong at at cost, um, that 
I'm I'm a bit what why why didn't what why didn't I have more Debo Samuels? Um because obviously he's just this uber talented player with like this very, very strong and uh, statistical track record of being very talented. And the only uh, the only real knock on him was um oh hey, we think that with this new style of offense, uh, perhaps they can only support uh, one pass catcher, and and maybe it's maybe it's not Debo Samuel's, uh, but when you take and you uh, what or if you logically apply what I said um a few minutes ago, that that uh, maybe it's not Debo Samuel's doesn't matter, right? He's on he's this uber talented player on an offense that gets uber efficiency uh from players that it uses. So obviously, like. It, the the upside was uh when you think about it in that lens the upside was sky high um so yeah that that's that's uh, that's my my mia Koopa, i suppose well <laughs> you know so the way you the way you played fantasy football previously and the way you're playing it now in the never too early um we have a, a situation where we've moved from 18 in the slim to 12 right. spots. And I'm curious with the way that you're entertaining uh, rookies uh, in, in these drafts, as we've seen them complete the combine, but we don't know their final destination. Right. So I'm answering this question for me that, that I'm looking much like you speak about some of the players that's taking the risk. I see the talent. And I, and I want to get that player in my team with, the, with that 19th or 20th pick that I probably that I would not have had last year. I love the fact that you're not drafting from a uh, ADP or and you're not living in fear and you're moving out with, with seeing the talent. Have you utilized that skill in your analytical aspect of, of your life to this rookie class? And if you haven't concentrated on the rookies, what are you doing with that nineteenth and twentieth pick? Is right, um, I actually. Sorry. I think that's actually a great, uh, a great point, uh, and I, uh, I completely and wholeheartedly agree. Um, and uh, I, in terms of taking early rookies, uh, at this point, in uh, in March, uh, I think that I think that in terms of the late picks, so probably round fifteen back. To twenty, and um, the rookies obviously you you, you don't want to take too many rookies because uh, then you're uh, you're not restructuring things properly. And mm-hmm. um, but uh, at each at each individual pick, the rookies are basically uh, you're probably one of your strongest uh, chances to hit the upside because you're getting you're, you're for the most part you're getting rookies are rook soon to be rookies that are uh, probably going to get day one or day two capital mm-hmm. at, at a point where uh, it, once that happens, you, 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 it's, it's much more unlikely to get them at that cost in July right. or August. Uh, and the nice thing about drafts being open now in March uh, is bec- so uh, the way I try to think of like two, I guess, really 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 high level and uh, there's two ways you can kind of attack a draft and uh, one is to try and use an informational edge in that like you are just crunching 
all these news reports, you're analyzing it, and you're you're di- you're you're getting news better than everyone else, and you're digesting it and analyzing it better than everyone else. Uh, whereas, I think that at this point in March, that's really hard to do, because you can't you can do that, but the value of your your information in March, uh, in terms of how does it how's it going to impact a game in November, is much much smaller than it will be in August. Much, much smaller. And, and so the other one is, so w- given that we know that, um, ha- how about we take advantage of uncertainty? Uh, and so you have all these rookies. You don't know their landing spot. You d- at this point, you don't know their draft capital. Uh, but you know a lot. Of, you know that a, a good bunch of them are good. Uh, or sorry, have so you don't know they're good you know that uh you the can. the signs point to, to to at least some of them being good and that there's a good probability that at least one or two of them are going to be the i guess the some kind of breakout rookie that you will need to have in in uh, in december slash january mm-hmm. uh and because we don't know we don't know uh who's going to get the killer landing spot Who's, who who might get drafted higher than we than we want, or sorry, get drafted higher than we're expecting now? You you some some random guy in the in this seventeenth round, eighteenth round, nineteenth round could be in the tent in uh by the time the draft's over or or, or a month after. Um, I think one thing that's really interesting um in terms of rookies, uh, is all all the rookie quarterbacks go really 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 late uh, and a bunch of them are fairly athletic kind of rushing style quarterbacks uh which means that you know it doesn't they can be not as good as you want in real like football but uh very live to give you top tier performances in fantasy football uh and i guess people are so convinced that this this is a bad rookie class right right. Uh, and in terms of in terms of the metrics that we have and how we analyze it our our, our pre our pre-season our pre-season information is lower versus normal but in terms of actually knowing how that will be in in september we don't right like these nfl teams they they are trying their absolute hardest to analyze Mm -hmm. these quarterbacks perfectly and they're wrong all the time. Uh, so, for example, just uh, Justin Herbert, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Before the before the, the draft, and uh, before the, before he even started playing, um, he was a it was a raw prospect that uh, wasn't considered too highly, I suppose, in in in, um, in I guess Twitter uh, scouting uh, circles. Uh, <laughs> And turns out he's he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league in his uh in his second season. Oh, he's fantastic! And you know, Connor, that Twitter that Twitter scouting you know my favorite tweet from August of last year was that Jamar Chase could no longer catch the football. <laughs> if you yeah, recall that one. one, you know. So right now, well, what, on hold rookies, on, hold on, hold on. As long as you're on the subject of Bengals, what about the one from Joe Burrow? Um, Two years ago, or whatever it was, oh, that was so he, good. he was going to retire, or whatever it was, because his hands were too small to throw a football. This is back to back years. 
you know, really? we're, we're, so who, whoever the Bengals draft early, I don't care if he's an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, whatever it is, the dude's going to be a superstar as long as he is maligned by all the scouts <laughs> and all the Twitter experts. Like this guy is going to be a stud. Whoever it is, I don't know who's going to no, be. This Could be anybody. Um, but but that that is a good point um, it, that that Farrell brings up. Um, Connor, you wrote a piece. Um, I think it was last month now. Yeah, um, late late February uh, on Rotoviz. We're 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 doing so so much prognostication right now on this podcast about 2022. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from 2021 that you put in that piece that you can tease the listeners a little bit? Right. Um, that really helped you become a better fantasy player for 2022. Um, so one thing I've, I've talked about six times now already, um, is that, um, as much as I already try to focus on, uh, on talent over near term situations, I, it's still not enough. Uh, and, and, uh, the way I try to think about it is that like situation, uh, and, and how we understand situation, uh, can change, it can change so quickly. Uh, whereas talent doesn't, barring injury and, and, and kind of stuff like that, it doesn't really. Uh, and um, I suppose my uh, my my biggest, uh, I guess, an egg on my face moment from writing that column all year was when I, I, just before Adam Thielen got hurt, uh, I said, oh, you know, like maybe Justin Jefferson is a sell high. He's not getting enough target share because Adam Thielen gets all these targets. Uh, especially around the goal line, um, and lo and behold, his situation changes, and he's one of the guys that you need to. And luckily, I had him uh, in my basketball team uh, that you need to have. And like, it, it didn't matter that I was right that Justin Jefferson's target share was too small. It didn't matter uh, because he had the talent that should he do he should he get into a situation where he gets the talent share. Or the target share, and he's just blown. He, he, he's separating massively at a, at wide receiver. So let me interrupt you real quick in your answer. Knowing that the Jefferson example, do you think high stakes players or or best ball tournament players in this regard? Do you think they underrate how important talent is when you're trying to beat out thousands of other people, knowing that anything could happen as far as an injury, suspension, or what have you? I think uh, I think it's possible that I might even still. Uh, I think, I think it's... even so, you've learned nothing. You won a hundred thousand dollars last year. You're you're accepting nothing. Like I'm still learning, bulky. I I can't I can't yeah. get on board. Like that's, <laughs> so that's, it's just all it's all an well, evolution. I guess I, so I I um I have a, a, I guess a different way of looking at things. Uh, uh in the sense that uh, when I think of I, I'm very big, and this is another part of it. I'm very big on kind of like um, behavioral, uh, um, behavioral science, and uh, one of the things about behavioral science is that you know our brains are programmed a certain way. It's it it comes pre-built with these different shortcuts uh, of analysis, uh, and um, they were obviously the top that we we beat however many other species to become the apex of all apex predators. So it was good for something. Um, but uh, in terms, they, 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 it comes with liabilities when it comes to analyzing this sort of thing. Um, 
<clears throat> and um, so it's like the phrase uh, "you're human," right? It doesn't matter. It, you 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 can you can analyze things the best possible way. You try your hardest. You still make mistakes, right? Uh, and I think that uh, I think that one of those uh, one of those kind of behavioral type mistakes is that um, we as humans we kind of like we often substitute the ease at which we can imagine something happening with uh, what the actual probability of it is. Mm. Um, and one example, so to take it outside of fantasy football. Um, is um, so there's this. No, I it's 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 not a real, but it's an. Let's say somebody's analyzing a stock, right? They're analyzing Ford, and um, or Tesla, or and or any car, and um, and the the tendency of the human mind would be to say, how much do I like uh, the car? And that should tell me what the stock should do. And the real answer is, well, you also have to think about how much people, how much people have money for cars, uh, how much do other people like the car, how much other cars are there available. Uh, all, there's all these other variables. Um, and uh, we, it's, it's just really, really hard to, to focus on um, on where what what makes the true probabilities t uh, be what they are, versus something that's easy to think about, understand, and imagine, which is, uh, hey, I can very easily think about what Justin Jefferson's target share may be, what Adam Thielen is, but is that is that is is that a true kind of like EV expected value calculation for uh, for that type of player? in a given tournament structure. Well, you know, Connor, I, I imagined that I was joining a six hour uh, slow draft uh, this last week. I joined a two hour slow draft. So that's why I'm, I'm looking at, and I see there's a team in this uh, uh, group of 12 uh, entitled Irish. Is, is that you? <laughs> I don't think that's me. That's not you. Well, uh, you know, this week everyone is Irish, and I we say oh, you know, it's not. You're not narrowing it down at this point. Like yeah. ev everyone's Irish. We're all celebrating everything even, Irish. Even, yeah, O'Baltman is Irish this week, and so yeah. is everyone else. Yep. And I tell you what, everybody should be is they should be joining us, whatever they name their team, and and join us in this tournament because I love drafting at this time of the year. I, I've got a, just a couple quick questions, a quick hitters for you. Uh, I find myself sometimes drafting more than one team at a time. Right now I'm finishing two up and in the third round of another one. So I've got three drafts going on at a time, and I'm flipping between them uh, back and forth. Is, is it is it in your mind, is it um, is it better to focus on one at, one at a time, or, or do you do multiples? And then is there a certain time of the year that you will take a break from drafting, or do you pretty consistently – draft year round here at the KFFSC. We've got some players that are already, we, we just finished a live draft here. Uh, a Super Bowl weekend. We've got players that are knocking on the door that want to draft again. We have other guys say, Oh man, it's too early. I don't think it's ever too early to draft. I no. agree with you. 
what's your what's your strategy about how you're going to get involved with and will we get to spend some time with you uh, in Las Vegas live this year at the FFPC? Um, so what's my what's my general strategy this year in terms sure. of? Yeah. Um, so um, one thing one thing that uh, I'm I'm trying to do is I'm trying I'm I. I I'm going to be doing more of the kind of higher dollar entry, lower entry number tournaments. Um, and um, one of the reasons for that is because the, the tournament structure. Uh, when you, what is it? You, you, you have to, you do, you get out of your league for from week 13. The first playoff is 14. Mm -hmm. And you're only playing 12 teams uh and it, it 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 might it might vary uh it might I, I i don't know what the uh what the different uh tournaments will look like uh but your odds of advancing each subsequent week are much higher um and so i uh, i actually remember a lot of people talking through different playoffs for for different tournaments and uh say draft kings or underdog and um basically tilting their faces off because they had this great team but it wasn't the one in the, the it, it was two out of 18 it's not the wrong place at the right time yeah exactly uh, and um the way i i tried to like talk to him about it was um so if you're playing dfs um you and and you're playing a tournament with i don't know 50,000 people 100,000 people you just got to know that your variance in results is just going to be that much higher. And one way that you can reduce your variance is you play less people. So that way you've got your monster team. And instead of two out of 18, it might be one out of 12 or two out of 12. And you're still in the game. Uh, and so I, I enjoy, I, I enjoyed that a lot more. Gotcha. Uh, Me too. Um, and yeah I, I i'm for sure i i, I haven't i've actually never been to vegas before um but i i gotta go this time right 2022, oh, yeah. 2022 is gonna be a great year for vegas. yes sir yeah absolutely um feral go ahead ask your favorite question here for, uh -huh. for connor when it comes to speaking of 2022 the 2022 drafts that are upon us well okay connor you you've hit on some wonderful players last year Who's somebody that you just can't get in business with this year? And Balky and I, uh, early on season, we've talked about a lot of sleepers. We would be most curious in hearing yours. Who is your sleeper that uh, you feel is going significantly underdrafted at this point? Um. So, it the honestly the answer for. Uh, who I feel best about not drafting going early. That's probably the easiest one. Um, I, I see some drafts where Nick Chubb is still consistently getting drafted in the second round. Um, I, I, I don't get it. Uh, it feels like um, that feels like one of those things where the mouse eats the uh, electrified nut, gets shocked, and then just does it again. Because it's different people drafting them in uh, in the second round every year, right, Connor? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's never the same. Because if you wait, so I'll just just real briefly on this. So I drafted Nick Chubb in a couple of Kentucky leagues actually yeah. last year, 
And I didn't, at the end of the season, I was kind of like, well, this didn't really help me win the league. Um, but in one of the instances, well, this contributed to me in losing this league, right? You know, so it's like at a certain point, I, I feel like once two thirds, three quarters of fantasy football has been burned by Nick Chubb, then he will become a value. <laughs> he is not a value yet, if I'm understanding you correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the the problem is that uh, I think it's one of those. It's it's another one of those things where it's like if I can very coherently see Nick Chubb, the brilliant football player. The problem is he can be that brilliant football player, but the way that his team uses him and just is is uh, determined to use him is uh, is just not good no, for, uh, not. for winning in fantasy football. Give us that brilliant sleeper because they're a lot more fun anyway. Uh, <laughs> let me have a look at the. Uh... You know the other thing I'll just say real quick about it. Not that I want to keep turning this into the Nick Chubb show here, <laughs> but but you have Kareem Hunt obviously in that backfield as well. Yeah. You have them extending uh, an offer to Dearness Johnson, who obviously crushed it, right? Last season, when 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 it was called upon, Dearness Johnson answered that call, and then you have a situation where you have Baker Mayfield um, not mm. not doing all world number one overall quarterback things, you know, and and when you you know sort of turn all that, and I guess and you know maybe I'm burying the lead here, Nick Chubb just does not catch enough passes to make him one of the elite running backs in the NFL now. Um, I don't doubt his talent. Nope. I don't doubt that he could be a top five running back in the NFL as far as fantasy football goes. What I do doubt is Kevin Stefanski and the rest of that Browns coaching staff to use him in a way where they will throw the ball to him enough where he can become a top five running back in the NFL. Always have the talent, Farrell. The opportunity is there. The usage is the problem for me. Didn't he want to step out of bounds on the three yard line? He did. I that can't is... forgive him for that. <laughs> He's not going to do it. Even on St. Patrick's week. Not, no. I'm holding a grudge. And he had a grudge for a long time. Three yard line step out. Yeah, that and was, I think, uh, I think just, just on Nick Chubb, like there are, there, there are definitely scenarios where, let's say, Kevin Savancy gets fired. And a new coach says, "Okay, yeah, uh, Nick Chubb is our new—he's uh, a new everything back. We're just yes. going to use him all the time. But you're not getting sufficiently—you're not—you're not, not going to be sufficiently paid off uh, for having drafted him in the second round. Yeah, to, to compensate for the risk that you've taken. Connor, you have any good sleepers for us in the mid? Yeah. Uh, so two player. So." I uh, believe it or not, I drafted forty percent William Fuller last year, oh. and I might draft forty percent William Fuller again <laughs> this year. Uh, no, I I think I think uh, I think that was probably a little bit too high, but definitely someone who the the talent is as clear as day, the cost is cheap as chips, um, it 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 seems like a, a great bet to make, um. Michael Gallup looks very interesting in the thirteenth. Uh, I'm seeing him. He, he, he probably he probably fluctuates a little bit, um, but 
Uh, Fantastic he, pick. Uh, I I don't I don't understand how uh, like e e like let's say even a Mary Cooper uh, stays. Like we saw how big the contingent we saw a how big his standalone value was when the two of them were playing, like how big he was to the team. And B, we saw how big he can be when uh, when those guys go out. Now, obviously, he didn't put together a complete season because of his injuries. Uh, but uh, and then he, he did have the uh, the ACL tear. In, in fairness, uh, but um, such a, a good player um, that feels like a a, a bet I want to make at a cheap cost. Um. Connor, as far as Rotoviz going forward here, we know you did the buy low report last year. Can you tell us any nuggets or any clues as to what you are going to be working or what you're currently working on for Rotoviz uh, that might be coming out in the near or distant future? Um, so um, for me, um, I think so. Believe it or not, I just I just moved house. I actually I moved in today. Uh, so the writing has been on a little bit of a yeah, hiatus. Uh, yeah, um, but I will be starting back very soon. Um, for me, I, I guess this is a bit, a little bit general, but I really do want to focus in on that idea of um, behavioral science uh, and where where we can make our brains make more rational decisions and kind of pick, uh, point out areas where our, my instinct included would be to make less kind of more emotional decisions that we mightn't even uh, uh, realize ourselves. I, I mean, it's all good. It's stuff that we're not getting at least consistently. It's right. all stuff that, that, that will be dawning us on, on the first time. And listen, it's 2020, uh, 2022. We've been doing fantasy football stuff for so long. Anything that's new, anything that's a breath of fresh air is going to be good for us. Um, and Connor, I sit around all the time asking it? myself, why in the hell did I do that? And with <laughs> you, I might be able to figure it out. So it's a great thing. <laughs> um, final question goes to Farrell Elliott tonight about that $100,000, Mr. Commissioner. Usually you're asking those intriguing and probing questions about $100,000. And we're just dealing with a young man here that told us that uh, he just moved house. He's in a new home. Uh, he's also got a dog, which I think he thanks the world of. So between the house and the dog, I don't think there's any money. <laughs> there's no money left. <laughs> if there is any money left, what are you going to do with it, Connor? Um, I, yeah, I, any money I have left is probably going into the house. There you, you go. go. Mm -hmm. Makes um, sense. All right. I lied. Final question for you, Connor. This comes directly from our chat tonight, the Dizzle wants to know. And first of all, number one, he wants to know, and I'm, I'm going to clean this up as much as I can. <laughs> he wants to know. You don't have to clean it up for me. I know we don't. I just want to clean it up for you too. How screwed are we when it comes to the stock market, number one? And number two, this is a quote from the Dizzle. Without getting into your job too much, if you were forced to invest this hundred thousand dollars you won with the FFPC, would you buy be buying the stock market or selling it short right now? Okay. Um. So, 
Um, I generally approach investing almost the same way that I would have uh, approach fantasy football in a general sense. And and one of the one one key area would be is that you want to have a goal. You want to have your goals and objectives in mind. Uh, and for most people, uh, if you were investing in the stock market, your goals and objectives should be five years from now, ten years from now, fifteen years from now. Uh, and uh, if you're thinking in that perspective. Uh, the stock market today is, isn't it's it's not that important uh, it is important to some degree and uh, because it, it affects uh, the price that you're buying at uh, how you feel about it emotionally um but um you should be tailoring how you invest uh, by uh, what you want out of it and if what you want out of it is to spend money in a year, uh, then you shouldn't you shouldn't have a cent in the uh, in the stock market. Uh, if it's hey I wanna I want to retire on this money, uh, I want to save for my family's long term, then tell me do you, tell, tell, you tell me do you think that the, the Russian invasion of twenty twenty two is gonna matter in, for the stock market in twenty thirty two? Um. Well, I think so you, I think that answers both questions. Yeah, you, you've said it all right there with with this with this one phrase. Um, much in the same that you've said it all with one team in the <laughs> FFPC Best Ball Tournament last year, winning the hundred thousand dollars and joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Connor, so glad to have you aboard. Love talking with you. Great conversation. We're going to follow you on Twitter at Drico Out. We're going to check out all your work at rotoviz.com, all this uh, information that you're going to have going forward uh, this season to try to make us not only better, better fantasy football players, but better best ball fantasy football players as well. Good luck repeating. Um, and good luck with the new house and everything, man. I, I hope the move goes good, and, and I hope everything is, is, is coming up Connor O'Driscoll in 2022, dude. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Connor Thank O'Driscoll. You, Ladies and gentlemen, Connor O'Driscoll at Trico out on Twitter. Uh, great stuff from him, Farrell. Um, the, I, I, there's so many things that we could, you know, go back mm-hmm. on what he said tonight. Um, one of the things that, that I think, I don't want to say it's the most beneficial, but one of the things that kind of rung true with me when he was talking about the um, um, the point when he was drafting in this best ball tournament last year, and he talked about everybody was downgrading Joe Burrow. Right. Everybody was downgrading Jalen Hurts, and I think this is a this is a good point to remember for all of us, and and especially when we go into a draft not liking a player, not liking. And this is and Dizzle's going to hate me, but this is something I brought up with Dizzle before too where he says somebody is off my board, right? I'm not going to draft them. I could always find a spot on my board for somebody at some point. Now, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you say anything, with with the Burrow and the Hurts thing, right? Um, At at some point, if I was drafting in a best ball tournament last year, um, I would have found a spot for them, even when their value is plummeting. And I guess maybe this isn't, this isn't an instance of you want to 
make sure that you grab a guy that that you have that, that you kind of like at some point in your draft. This is maybe a, a case of I got to take advantage of this declining market that is wrong, right? That that that, that is simply just going to be wrong for the season, and I got to take advantage of that. Now, there's certain players that um, you know will be off my board because they're off everybody's board, and I'm not going to draft them. But there is a point for everybody uh, on. You know, if you're talking about like a top 20 or 30 player at their position, be it running back or receiver, I'm going to find a spot for on my team at some point in the draft. That that that's just what it is. Um, but but he brought brought up the point: depressing market on Burrow, depressing market on Hertz. He hit it. He won a hundred thousand dollars. Depressing market on uh, Carson Wentz. On Wentz, that's another good one. Yeah, market on Garoppolo. If you had happened to been drafting when Jacksonville cut Leonard Fournette, Mm -hmm. uh, if you had happened to, if your draft spot had come up that day, how how great it would be. You could say last year that James Robinson in the seventh through ninth round uh, was a value, and 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 he proved to be uh, with until the coaching situation became what it was down there player. It, it you know, it, it, the flip side of it is guys that get too much hype. You couldn't get miles Gaskin out of the fifth round last year at the FFPC. And he had a terrible, terrible year. Uh, so it, it uh, yeah. Uh, I had a client in, in the football business that set and we met with financial advisor very, very early in my career. And he, after he listened carefully to 45 minutes, he looked at the guy and said, so what you're telling me is I should buy high and, 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 and sell low. He said, no, no, you've, you've got it completely upside down. Still, some people cannot stand success. They can't stand prosperity. They can't understand that it's right in front of them. It's laid out in front of them. That's why I love drafting this time of year. There's great, great players that, uh, just like Connor says, Connor says, get your players and find that talent now. What was Debo Samuel when we went to Las Vegas last year? What round was he? Bought? Well, I mean, I, I'll tell you right now that that Samuel was probably, I mean, like, depending on where he was. Six? Uh, he, no, he wasn't. I don't think. Well, yeah, when we were in Vegas, he probably yeah. creeped up to a six-round pick. But I would say, yeah. like, mid to late August, he was still, like, seventh, eighth round. And, and yeah. then he started um, to, to pick up steam there. So I think, you know, um, Player evaluation is a big thing, mm-hmm. um, but understanding ADP, understanding market fluctuation, that's a, I, I don't know if it's a big thing, but it's a significant thing. It is a significant thing, especially if you're drafting early and especially if you're understanding um, the way that ADP is working in the season of free agency hasn't hit, the NFL draft hasn't hit. Um, you you got to sort of suss these things out you're drafting in the never too early basketball tournament, which I mean, flip side of it, you can make the argument like everybody's drafting blind. This is the most level playing field you've ever been. You're worried about drafting all these sharks against these sharks in July and August, September draft against them now, because whatever info they have or whatever, you know, previous experience they've had, it, it means nothing now because now you can really get in and mix it up and take a lot of punches and give a lot of punches at the same point. All right. That is going to do it uh, for our show tonight. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank number one, Connor O'Driscoll. Follow him on Drico uh, on Twitter at Drico out. Check out all of his work at rotaviz.com. want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you. Farrell, I'm bringing this up on the air right now. 
I do not want to go head-to-head with uh, the men's college basketball tournament, a.k.a. the madness of March. I'm not going to say whatever it is because it's trademarked and it'll cost us a ton given that we're on YouTube. So we will be on next Wednesday, 10, 9 central. Good for you, man. Oh, I'll see you on Wednesday, Bob. I love it, man. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, you follow him on Twitter at KFFSC at J Farrell Elliott. Make sure you're checking out the Kentucky fantasy football state championship at KFFSC.com. Remember draft masters going on live there right now. Of course, the run to daylight championship, Get in on that. I know I will be in it uh, for sure. Love to compete against you in that. And uh, have a ball here in April competing for a, a, a massive grand prize. Speaking of massive grand prizes right now, the never-too-early best ball championship, which Connor and Farrell and I mentioned a lot tonight, that's going on at myffpc.com right now. You can log into that um, and, and sign up for a $25,000 grand prize it the drafts go to the end or uh, beg your pardon they go through the start of the NFL draft so once the NFL draft starts the best ball never too early best ball tournament stops so make sure you're getting in on that a lot of great value there talking about some of these running backs some of these rookie receivers uh you can really draft the juggernaut that's at myffpc.com speaking of juggernauts plenty of dynasty orphans available at myffpc.com slash dynasty for sale some new ones uh, getting posted there today as well. Um, some discounted down to a dollar. If you want to play fantasy football year round, that is the place to go. Myffpc.com slash dynasty for sale. Pick up a few orphans uh, on there and manage those to greatness uh, as well. <clears throat> if you want to join a closed 12 team league, slow, live, sit and go, uh, best ball options, Varsity, Terminator, all these different formats we have for you at myffpc.com. So there's something available there for you as well. And don't forget the Football Guys Players Championship Early Bird Best Ball going on right now. Um, Make sure that you're signing up for that free $35 team credit to your FFPC account when you register prior to June 30th and draft prior to July 15th. And the biggest of big million-dollar grand prize for the FFPC main event this year. Make sure you're signing up for that and become the first ever FFPC millionaire. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. We will be back again next Wednesday at 10, 9 central. Got a great working on, working on a great guest lined up for you then. Um, that is going to be a lot of fun. 10, 9 central on Wednesday. No show, no live show Friday next week, but we'll be on 10, 9 central on Wednesday uh, next week. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Your weekend officially. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.